The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We have real games. We have real results. We have uh, a lot of fab bidding in some leagues, some big, big bids. Coming up, all of that and much, much more on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jenstead. Join us always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. We appreciate our, pon- our sponsorship with WinBet. Also, uh, appreciate them uh, being the, the sponsor for the Rotowire Podcast. Jeff, we have uh, we have a weekend of real games. We have uh, we have two ble- bench clearing incidents. We've got uh, we've got Stephen Kwan uh, making like two outs all weekend. We got Byron Buxton hitting balls in the upper deck on pitches that are 101 out of the zone, like crazy stuff. But uh, most importantly, how are you on the Sunday night? Well, I mean, I'm just I'm thrilled that we have all these things to talk about. I know, I know. Uh, a month ago, we weren't we really weren't sure we'd be here. Talking I was, baseball, so it's yeah. yeah. Uh, we the less said about our respective teams, the better. Although Hunter Green makes me feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside, and Nick Lodolo later this week will make me do the same, hopefully. But I uh, I, I, I know the Reds are a tough topic at the moment. They were they were two and two this weekend, but uh, those first four innings, look, we had a gas a little bit, but those first four innings, Hunter Green was nasty. Yeah, he kind of got sl- hit hit a couple times in the uh, fifth, but, but hey, like, that's like a, taking some lumps against the Braves is not exactly Matt, Matt Olson hit a home run off you. It happens, but like it's an easy one on one if that's possible. Like he doesn't yeah. look like he's throwing hard and just fly. It's crazy how easy that one on one looks. Like Chapman like looks like he's throwing hard and he throws 100 miles an hour, but Green just looks like he's just kind of out there just gassing and it's just it's crazy how the ball jumps out of his hand. That's got to be fun as a Reds fan right there. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Every time I get really ticked off at our Reds, uh, <laughs> they do things like this, and yeah. they're they're fun. And they've got other arms in the system. Graham Ashcraft throws like touches a hundred. He doesn't do easy one hundred like right. Green does, but uh, it, it it's fun. It, it really is fun. Yeah, it was an interesting. Reason. We only had one team that one team that's undefeated, one team that got swept. That was the Rays over the Orioles. I guess if you had looked at the schedule, you probably would have figured out that was going to be the the sweep in baseball. That was a pretty ugly one. Fifteen runs for the Rays and four for the uh, for the Orioles. That's uh, not a good weekend of baseball for the Orioles. But uh, that was the only team that got swept. Luckily, my A's uh, finally got a win. Uh, our today. A's. Our A's. Our A's. I thought you had. I thought you had uh, fully. Uh, shirked all your responsibility there i no, saw that uh, no my uh, my friend that uh, president of the a's dave cavill was on a tweeting spree tonight talking about how they can't put money in the team and stuff so it's just like oh, just get off just get just, off twitter dude. i didn't i'm just, glad i didn't see that i mean that's just so he just bad. he was just everybody's complaining he's responding with we need a stadium before we can we can buy any players so it's just the whole thing is it's all a lot but they won a game uh, dalton jeffries pitched really well today and they had a, a couple of a uh, couple of clutch hits but they did not look great uh, over the weekend either. They, they, they get uh they get seven games this week jeff uh they get the Rays and the Jays. I don't know who I know, scheduled. I, I don't know who set this schedule, but good lord. Yeah, it, it's it's not very kind, uh, to say the least. Yeah, but before we get into Fab, let's talk a little bit about uh, a week two coming up. It's uh, it's fun. We got our first. You know, this is like kind of a taste of baseball this weekend. Just uh, the the quick uh, kind of three or four days. We got a full weekend, a full week of games this week. We have thirteen teams that have seven games. So uh, if you're setting your schedule, you're setting your teams. Uh, make sure you know there are a lot of day games tomorrow morning. Uh, especially if you're on the West coast, there's like games starting at 11 in the morning. There's a couple 11, I think at 12, a couple 12s and a one. So there's gonna be a lot of uh, lineups coming out early. So if you, uh, if you're on the West coast, uh, you're listening to this tonight. Maybe you want to set your lineups tonight on the East coast. You want to do it in the morning too, but uh, we got 13 teams with seven games. We do have two teams with five games, Arizona and Houston play five. 
Um, Jeff, I was looking at the good schedule this week. If you want to try and focus on some offense, um, I really like the Brewers and the Yankees this week. Brewers have three yep. at Baltimore. We've already addressed that's a good a good team to hit against. Then four at home against St. Louis. The Yankees have four against Toronto. That'll be a really fun series. Toronto does have good pitching, but then they have three at Baltimore. So when you put those two together, um, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good week of offense for both those teams. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it. it although I, I kind of wonder about the Brewers' offense still. Yeah. Um, kind of surprised. You know, their their pitching actually wasn't so great this weekend. No, they got they got some of their. I mean, Woodruff. I don't know. Woodruff had a really bad spring, and he looked he looked bad against the Cubs. I mean, it's not they're facing you know the twenty seven Yankees. Uh, he's uh, we give seven earned runs, and it was uh, it was not what you wanted after a really rough spring. Yeah, our friend Matty Davis tweets out the bad starts, uh, yeah. and that got a lot of traction. Um, you never you never want to be on uh, on, on Matty Woods uh, list for your pitchers. It's it's an ugly place. No, no, you do not. Um, but yeah, you know what? Yeah, I. I'm not moving the deal on him yet, but I'm watching. I'm watching a little closer, maybe. I just think it's such a short spring training, yeah. cold weather in Chicago. It's just, eh. Sometimes power pitchers have struggled with their command, yeah. not just control, but also command. Uh, yeah. Although if you took him in the first round, you hope he figures that out pretty quick because you know these stats you're using them, they count. It's all it's all real at this point. But uh, yeah. that was again. Peralta gave three in the first today, but then kind of settled in. But. Uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, Bruce Corbin Burns was not great on uh, on Thursday also. So it was definitely, uh, for a team that everybody's like, oh, just get all their pitchers, uh, it was not great. Although Josh Hader looked awesome in the ninth today. Yeah. Too so, bad, uh, you know, just he's not getting more safe chances necessarily, yeah. but there you go. Yeah, they, they finally they finally did win a game to against the Cubs. But a couple other teams that have good offenses uh, this week. Uh, the Rays line up really well. They have four against Oakland, as we know, uh, you know, pretty much outside of Frankie Montas. There's nobody really scared of there. And they get three at the White Sox, which, you know, sounds uh, sounds not so great sometimes, but they get, they don't, they miss Dylan Cease. And Lucas Giolito, we'll talk about a little bit, is going on the IL. Uh, so it's, yeah. uh, it's a really good setup for the Rays, considering who they miss uh, in those games also. Exactly. Um, and, they're, and, they're, and they're really good, by the way. Yeah, which should be a surprise to nobody at this point. It's so funny. Um, I did a hit on Beeson on, I think it was, I want to say Wednesday. Uh, or I mean, No, Tuesday, I think it was. And we were talking about futures. And I talked up the raise as an over-under. Same day, Joe Sheehan's newsletter came out, made the, the raise his best bet. Peter Shanky's over-under a column on Rotowire, which you can still read here. Still probably has a lot of what was relevance. that? What was their number? It's like 89 and a half. Yeah. That, that and they won 100 games last year. You tell me, trading Austin Meadows, is that going to move the needle downward? No. Do you think just the tough division with Yankees, Red Sox, Jays in there makes a of difference? Course. Obviously the Orioles, but still, the Rays are so good. They are. and They always are. You know, I mean, last year when they traded away Snell, they let Morton walk. Even I was like, uh, you know, and I, I'm an, a Rays apologist. Uh, even I was like, okay, what are you guys doing here? Hey, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they don't, they make, they make mistakes, but they make a lot of smart plays too, uh, that are just, yeah, just like they traded Snell at the right time. Yeah, they, they sure did. And w- Wander Franco's played three games so far, has, uh, has two, three hit games already. So that, uh, that, that good? <laughs> that'll work, uh, that'll work so far. They should um, lock him up. Uh, did they lock him? They did lock him up, right? Yes. Yeah, Big I thought time. so. Bigly. Yeah. yeah. I, I love when people get upset about the early lockouts. I'm like, dude, come on. You're, you're like setting yourself up for a long term. Like, worst case, you lost a little bit of money because you did really well and you're going to get paid on the back end. So I'm uh, I'm always one who's uh, who, who thinks locking up a decent deal is, is a pretty smart deal to kind of set yourself up forever, essentially. Yeah, Jonathan Singleton agrees with you on that. Yeah. There's, I mean, that, there, there, there's re- there is risk yeah. to the downside. Scott Kingery, uh, yep. another one. Um, yeah, you know, it's not every prospect is a sure thing. Now, yep. Wander Franco is a infinitely better prospect and if he's great if it's great he probably gave a little bit money on the back end but like if he's that good he's gonna get paid at what is that 28 or 30 whatever it goes through anyway like he's i mean it's gonna work out for him and you know if he gets injured you know you don't want it to happen but you know it's baseball guys get hurt guys suffer really bad injuries um it's certainly nice to have that locked in yeah um and you know yes it's probably true that acuna and and you know ozzy albies could have gotten better deals right Uh, especially when you see tatis's deal uh nonetheless you know, well, I get angry about that. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I appreciate people advocating for the player. Uh, it was, it's, you know, we saw during the lockout that not everybody does. Uh, so I do too, but I mean, these guys take a ton of risk off the table too. Exactly. You exactly. just, when you lock up that amount of money, 
you just take so much risk and stress off the table. You just go play. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's uh, you may give up some money, but I'm I'm always for it. But uh, so a couple other good schedules before we do get into the Fab, which was pretty interesting this week. Uh, the Jays are really good too. They're four at New York. Um, you know, I think the Yankees can hit, but you know, can pitch a little bit. But uh, I don't think you worry too too much there. Aside from Garrett Cole, Luis Severino looked pretty good this weekend too. Um, and then um, they get to, they get three against the A's again. Not to pick on my A's, but again, outside of Montas, there's nobody really worried about. It. I think the the mm-hmm. Jays are going to score a ton of runs all year, and we can kind of throw them in this mix every single week. But uh, especially so this week with seven and in the locations that teams are playing. Yeah, exactly. And we got the Rockies. The Rockies are home uh, the second half of the week. You know, always a good thing in in Coors Field. Um, they uh, they have uh, two games against Pittsburgh also, which is really two games. Uh, they have four games against the Cubs on the weekend. The Cubs have a good set. They're two at Pittsburgh and four at the Rockies. So that's a really good setup. Um, you know, I don't think we really know who the Cubs are quite yet, although C.S. Suzuki looked uh, good today with three and homer. Uh, but two at Pittsburgh, four at Coors Field is always a good thing. Obviously, Rockies at uh, Coors Field is good. You know, they played the Dodgers this weekend. They actually won two out of three against the Dodgers. So that was uh, pretty impressive there. Um, another guy, Julio Urias, uh, did not look good today. His velocity was down two and a half miles an hour. He was down to 91s, and I was I was talking to uh, Rob Silver about it. He just like I don't I I don't know what Urias at, at at two miles an hour looks less looks like because I think he's a guy that you know doesn't strike out a ton of guys as it is. You drop him down two miles an hour, he becomes a little bit of a different pitcher. It's it's a little bit harder for him to be as good as he's been. Exactly. Um, and it's again, it's one start, but he was down in spring also, and it's in Coors Field. You can kind of throw those out, but um, if I if I had drafted him in the second round, I, I certainly want to see that tick back up pretty quick here. Yeah. To create no strikeouts, he did get hurt by Chris Taylor's air in the first inning. But yeah, that was a bad play. Yeah, uh, but still, yeah, I mean, the, the, it was so hard to track velocity this spring. Um, yeah. And it was it, because – and it's still – it may not be a, per, a permanent thing. Um, it may just be that because we had a shorter spring, and then you start off in Coors Field. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah, right. Uh, that – you know, it can come back. I, you know, it could, the problem is it could be, they could, these guys could all go Luis Castillo on us. Yep. It'd be bad for six weeks. And, you know, eventually he'll get his velocity back. Maybe, you know, but the damage is already done. I don't want to say that that's the case serious just yet, but, you know, I, I also want to try to judge him a little bit more based on, you know, I want to give him a little bit more rope. Let's just put it that way. Home start against the Reds this week, our Reds, uh, are you are you making your way out to the uh, the ravine at all for the four game set? Easter weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, details. I'm gonna try. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll find a way. A little. Uh, if you do, you get a little Tyler Tyler Malley this weekend. That's probably a good spot to be. Not, on. Yeah, we're not gonna go Sunday. Easter Sunday. We're not oh, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Green Saturday though. That that's that's my Huckleberry right there. I was there. gonna say that's the, if you're gonna do it. That's what you go. You Hunter against Green, Urias. Against yeah, Urias, for that that's a good matchup. Yeah. And Walker Walker Bueller was down a mile and a half uh, velo wise too, and that's a the concerning thing with Bueller is that like everything everybody talked about in the spring is that he was down a mile and a half last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was down. He was like a ninety seven guy in two thousand twenty, and I know that was a short season. But he was ninety six and a half in, in twenty nineteen, and then ninety five and a half last year, and ninety four in his first start. Again, first start hasn't ramped up fully in cores, but that's another guy that I think you want to see that tick up a little bit pretty quick here. Yeah. And no, the Dodgers are not panicking yet. Um, these are neg- slightly negative indicators, but it's also three games. Uh, it is three games. I would not worry about it yet at all. But uh, those are two guys that they need to be as great as they want to be. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, I think that you know, those ticking back up is really important. Clayton Kershaw didn't pitch this weekend. It was kind of weird. They just pushed him back. I think they were just avoiding cores for him. But uh, obviously, we'll mm-hmm. see. He's going to pitch against uh, I think Minnesota this week, which is no easy task. But at least he's at home, or he's at least he's outside of cores. He's at, he is at Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Might be a little bit chilly, but I, I just kind of feel like they were avoiding cores for him more than anything. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, remember the way his season ended last year, he was shut down. Um, yeah, yeah, I would treat and especially when you've got Urias and you've got Bueller and you, you know, you got Gonsolin and, you know, Gonsolin's, you know, he's a pretty darn quietly, a pretty darn good pitcher in his own right. He didn't have a great game in his, his start on Saturday too. Um, yeah, that, you know, they're, they're going to be all right though. They're going to be all right. Oh yeah. I'm a. I, any, I don't think any Dodger fan is panicking or the, any of the Dodgers are panicking. I think you, you don't panic until maybe June if you're struggling. But um, I just think, you know, like uh, our, the person in the chat said, it's funny, it's short spring training. Like, I just think that's a big deal for a lot of pitchers. And yeah. the guys aren't, especially power pitchers, aren't fully ramped up. You've seen that with Woodruff and Urias and Bueller. I think they'll be fine. Uh, but fantasy-wise, like, these stats still count. So we, we certainly want to see them uh, ticking back up pretty quick here. For sure. 
So let's uh, let's get into Fab. It actually turned out to be a little more interesting than I thought it was gonna be. As I started to look earlier, it didn't look that big, but uh, you know there was one big name there. But first, a note from our sponsors at WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Roadwire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over/unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more. All at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, wager up to $200, wager up to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's Fantasy Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Jeff, the big name this week uh, turned out to be Josh Lowe in 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 Fab. Uh, there was a a lot of people that dropped Josh Lowe last week, which is why he was available to me. He got drafted in a lot of main events, and mm-hmm. then he got sent down. Uh, it was before the Austin Meadows trade, so a lot of people dropped him. And you know, it's hard to keep a guy that you know was going to go down. There was no real feel he'd come right back up. There really wasn't a spot for him more than anything. It wasn't like you know Pittsburgh with O'Neill Cruz, where there's a spot for him, but they just sent him down. We think he's going to come back up pretty quickly. Um, but Josh Lowe looked like you know no spot for him. He's going back down, so he's sixty percent owned. In main events, 38% rostered in 12-teamers. So he's available in a lot of leagues. Um, the bidding was crazy. Um, Eric Hyberlig, who has won the online championship before, um, you know, b- buying guys super early in fab for a lot of money not and not having a lot left, but kind of riding and getting full seasons from guys. This strategy, um, he added him in a, in a number of mains. He plays a lot of different teams, but over 500 in, in all of them. Uh, Dalton Del Don, our friend, uh, bought him for 555 in my main event. Um, he was not available in my second one, but he was available in my first my first weekend one. The second one, uh, I actually drafted him, so it was nice to not have to bid on him. But yeah. uh, where were you on low? Like, I, I get the theory that I, I'm not one who usually spends 500, but like, if you look at it, like, this might be the best bat in free in, in Fab we get for quite a while. Spread at least in the 15s. Yeah, uh, for sure. 12s, you probably get some. You're right. Right. Um, unfortunately, he was only available in the 12s for me. Okay. Uh, How aggressive were you there? Actually, I got to double check that. I want to see, make sure he wasn't available in yogurt before I say anything. Um, but uh, I was not aggressive I love, enough. I, love I was low on low. I uh, love you just call it yogurt naturally now. Yeah. You know, a little sweet and low in yogurt, but uh, okay, I'll stop now. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, not available in any of my 15s. Okay. Uh, John Posma in my, you know, in his main that I'm a part of, <laughs> part two, I mean, right. both of his mains, uh, he picked him up last week. 
because he's a smart human being. So he wasn't drafted and he, he picked him up after he got sent down. That's like another level of picking. Guys. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I, I saw that. And then the next day the trade happens. I'm like, of okay, course, let's go see Josh. Nope. Nope. Right. Can't do that. Nope. How, um, how aggressive were you in the, in the 12ers though? I was outbid. I was the backup in one of mine, but he went for, uh, I'll just call it two two oh five and two seventy five. I think his ballparking in my two leagues. I saw him kind of ranging from like one fifties to up to four hundred in the twelves. Um, where were you on him, and how aggressive were you on trying to get someone like this? I bid like, you know, I think I bid seventy five and one and less than the other because I didn't have as much. I, I think I didn't have an obvious spot and an obvious drop for that matter. Right. Uh, the other I, I draft, I spent like 95 and wasn't close. It went 186 to 182, but the other one, I would have gotten them in that, but so it goes. Uh, how do you feel about low? I mean, obviously it's a big year like trip play last year, 21 home runs, 26 stolen bases in a, in a time where we are really trying to find stolen base guys. This is someone that could do it at the bat. Yeah. Um, I think the one concern is, you know, how much of the Rays play him. He's not going to get 650 plate appearances playing for the Rays. You got to think he's going to sit against, uh, you know, some tough pitchers or they may platoon here and there. But uh, it just it's hard to, hard to think of other guys coming up that are going to be, uh, you know, better bats off the bat. You know, maybe aside from someone who gets dropped in your league, but like just yeah. guys getting called up. This is, you know, among the top guys. Played all three games this weekend. That's yeah. a good start. Um, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens when they face some lefties. Uh, say, if, they, if they do platoon, at least he's on the the strong side of that platoon. So there right. are um, there's a lot of lefties in the AL East, right? I think. Yeah, but let's see. Looking ahead this week, uh, they face five righties, two lefties. The two yeah. lefties are Cole Irvin and uh, West Benjamin, I think. Yeah, West Be- West Benjamin from the White Sox, and they're assuming it's West Benjamin. We're guessing, I think, on that one there because the White Sox, as we're about to talk about, have some transition in their rotation right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, Ally. The Yankees have two. The Rays or the Jays have two. The Red Sox have one. Um, so a decent amount of lefties in that in that division. I don't know if we care about Baltimore. Yeah. But Baltimore's got two also with uh, with Means and then either Zimmerman or Keegan Aiken, whoever they happen to throw out there. So there are a lot of lefties, but yeah, a lot of those are guys that I really wouldn't worry about him against. It's just a matter if they decide to use him or not. I mean, you know, yeah. you don't want him against, uh, you know, maybe Ryu who didn't look good today, Kikuchi and Montgomery, but like, there's not like anybody I'm super scared of in this lefty, but it's just a matter of what the race do with them. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you don't want him to face that other lefty and he can still it's come true. in the game later, still do yeah. his damage in a seven game week. I'm playing him. Uh, what is, uh, if you had a, if you're, I don't know if you've done in season prediction, but what's your, what's your home run stolen base, uh, thought for him. And, you know, he's like, you think like 15, 15, you think like 15, 20, like if you had a ballpark, where do you think he ends up this season from where you're at? I gave him I think 19 and 19. So it's pretty aggressive, which is a pretty damn good season. No. From a free agent pick. Uh, 18 and 19 is what yeah. I gave him and hitting 265 something like that. Uh, no, a little lower, 245. All right. I mean, he hit 291 in AAA last year. That was a 361 Babbitt, but uh, it's the does, case that worry me a little I, bit. It does strike out. This, the swing strike rate's a bit high. He's like 13% in the minors last year. So I think that's the one kind of, uh, you know, thing he might run into. He might run some slumps where he strikes out a bunch, but. 26% K rate in AAA last year, yeah, actually. It, that's usually translates to 30 plus in the majors. So yeah, that's the that's the one mark right there. And a, a little reason why I didn't go a little bit higher, but I pushed him way up in my my second main event. I drafted him in the 16th or 17th round, I think. And he was, mm-hmm. you know, he was someone that wasn't getting drafted or going really late. But once he once Meadows got traded, I was like, you know, I think that uh, the upside in that in that in that spot was uh, kind of unparalleled. Yeah. Um, let's see. We had a couple others we talked about last week, but real quick, uh, Bryson Stott and CJ Abrams were both set, you know, about 78% owned in the 12 team or so it wasn't, uh, wasn't available in a lot of leagues, but, uh, do you have a, I, I think I like Stott a little bit more than Abrams just because of, I mean, Abrams just seems, I, I love watching him. But he seems so raw. He's had very few games in AAA. I did draft him in one of my main events just because I thought it was worth taking a shot in that round, but, uh, he had a stolen base the other night where he had it stolen easily and slid past the bag. He had a mm-hmm. ball. He hit to the wall. That was almost a home run. So kind of almost there, but he's platooning a little bit too. He and uh, he and Hassan Kim are kind of splitting time there, so that worries me a little bit. Uh, right. I really like the the funness of Abrams, but in the twelve team, I'm not really sure um, how much I want him on my roster. I think that's fair. Um, I I think the lack of experience is the big issue. He's yeah. been hurt so much, uh, but at the same time, good on him for showing well in spring training. Good yeah. on the Padres for 
putting up their best roster, whatever that may be, as opposed to playing service time games. This is, you know, they did the same thing with Tatis. They called him up when they thought he could help the team as opposed to waiting 21 days later. Um, So good on them for that. Uh, Abrams, I mean, I think Abrams has a much higher fantasy ceiling than Stott because I think he's going to run more. Yeah. Um, I, although I got to be fair, I got to dig a little bit more on Stott. He may be able to run some too, but uh, you know, I, he's the, got Stott's got playing time issues too. I mean, it seems like he and Alec Bohm are kind of trading off, not really. And then Bohm, yeah, like, like Bohm is weird. Like, he was what the third overall pick. I know he struggled last year, but he played one out of three games this weekend. That game, he had two for two, had a laser in the gap, mm-hmm. and then he sits on Sunday. So, I think uh, Johan, okay. Johan Camargo and someone else play. Like, it just Ugh. I don't hey, know. They deserve they and they lost, so they got punished for that. Yeah, Good. and I, I get like he's the first weekend trying to get everybody to start, but like. It's a bohm had two hits. Like, don't you put him back in the lineup? Like, it just it just seems weird. Like, he's gonna get no rhythm going. But I mean, Stott hit 300 last year in across double A and triple A. He had seven steals and 11 home runs. Um, pretty decent strikeout rate. Just killed it in spring training, which is how he ended up on this yeah. team. He was really good. He was better than Bohm in spring training. Um, I'm kind of worried that Stott and Bohm kind of make it so neither one is worth it at the moment. Yeah, until DD Gregorius gets hurt again. That's that. That's the most possible thing. You get Stott over to shortstop, and they can kind of both play, which is nice. Any chance maybe Stott plays a little outfield too? Uh, you know, and I, I guess I'm looking at Castellanos in the outfield and Veerling in the outfield. I mean, yeah, I mean, because that that's the problem is if if Schwab gets hurt, Castellanos can DH. But right yeah. now, somebody, one of those two, has to play the field, which is and one of the and Veerling kind of has to play because got someone's got to play center field, right? Right. They have to stand in center field with a glove on. I get. I, I you don't really want to mess with Har- Harper. Could probably play center field. But you probably just don't want to mess with that, and yeah. you're not going to move the MVP around and, and kind of mess with that. So right. Kind of need some Reds take notes. Take notes on that. Not saying that Nick Senzel is Bryce Harper, but stop jerking guys around that are like high value players. By the way, hell of a play in center field on Saturday. Yeah. I had. Did you see Senzel's catch? Yes. That was I couldn't believe he chased that down. That Just was, stay healthy. Just yeah, stay healthy. Totally. That was let him play. Let him but play. That ball was like that was like in the gap, and he just like chased it down. Like it's, yeah. it's, he caught up to it, which you rarely see. It was that was an impressive play. But um, another guy that uh, got a lot of action, especially because of what he did today. Obviously, we're dealing with three games so far. A couple teams played four, but when one game happens, like it just it changes everything. Stephen Kwan went five for five today. He's now hitting eight hundred. Uh, three walks, zero strikeouts, and I uh, moving up in the order, hitting second. Uh, the Indians had seven, or sorry, the Guardians. I knew I was going to do that at once today. Uh, the Guardians had 17 runs. Uh, they had, I think, they had zero and one. The first two games scored 17 today. Um, Quan is someone that kind of, I think we know what he's going to do as long as he plays. He hit 320 in the minors last year. He's uh, a yeah. kind of a souped up uh, Nick Madrigal, maybe not quite a Michael Brantley, but in the, kind of in that uh, in that comparison. Getting I, closer to Michael Brantley than than Madrigal agreed. at this point. Got, got a little more pop. He had 12 home runs in the minors last year, and Madrigal's not going to hit 12 home runs ever. So uh, six stolen bases, hit second. Um, you know, this is not a great lineup, but if you hit at the top of it, you know, you're hitting, uh, you know, with J Ram and Rosario and a couple of those other guys. Um, it's not a really, it's not a really bad spot right there. Yeah. Fran me, Fran Mill Rays in yeah. there as well. Yeah. You don't um, want to be at the bottom half. It's, it's pretty ugly, no. but the top four or five is, uh, is definitely workable. Yeah. Miller, Clement, Mercado, Lavastida. Okay. Uh, Mercado Mercado going grand slam today though. Yeah. So, Hey, <laughs> Chris Bubich, not a great spot start there. That was not. Yeah, if you had picked him up for like, oh, I'll get a nice, uh, nice, easy landing spot against the Guardians. Um, I wanted to talk about maybe the Guardians being a, a streamable opponent, and I still probably will. You probably, yeah, I think they probably are. I don't think that Chris Bubich and Jackson Coar, who I, I don't think I've ever seen the guy come in and not give up seven runs, was uh, was ugly. Also, he was a big prospect last year too. He got called yeah. up and he had that. He, he had like six runs in the first inning he pitched, and then kind of felt it was bad after that. But they had a couple um, of bad debuts last year. Him and Lynch both. That's right. Lynch was this was rough early too. What do you do with someone like Quan? I think we know what we're getting. Um, I think you probably missed his best weekend of the year, which is always really tough. But um, you know, ten home runs, five steals, and the three hundred average definitely plays, especially in definitely in a fifteen team. I think that plays in a twelve or also. I think he's a prime keep him honest bid type of guy. Put a bid on him. If you get him, great. But don't break the bank either. He went for uh, he went 173 in my online league with a backup of 11. 
Mm, I'd be somewhere in between. But... That's never. And then the minor league, he went from 143. But that was the online, you said, right? Yeah, the other online was 143 and 123. So I think it was uh, an aberration that no one was the was the big backup bid there. But uh, it's, uh, it's it, these, we talked about these 12 teamers. Like the main event seems like um, the 15 teamers, there's, there's a little more consistency in bidding. You get some, some, some off the wall stuff too, but these 12ers are all over the place. Like guys will go for yep. 180 in one league and 14. Now there's so many of them too. There's only 47 or 48 main event leagues. Uh, but those onlines are so many of them. They're, they're all, people ask me for like bid advice at 12s and I can kind of give you a ballpark. 12s are weird, I believe is the phrase, right? They are very weird. I try and help as much as I can, but like there's times where I'm off by a hundred bucks just because there's someone in your 12er that has a bunch of money and wants to spend it. And, you know, they only put, you know, maybe they don't think yeah, they put that much money into 12. It could be a lot of people money for some, not that much for the other. Uh, I think people are just a lot more uh, freewheeling with the 12 A lot of people don't bid in 12s too. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to really pinpoint a, a bid amount in those leagues. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, Daniel Bard at, uh, in Colorado looks like, uh, at least if you want to, you know, line up how they looked the other night, he, he kind of, they went seventh, eighth and ninth. They went column a in the eighth, uh, Bard in the ninth, uh, got the Rockies first save one, two, three. And he looks pretty, looked pretty good against the Dodgers. He had a better spring than column a, um, we're always looking for saves. I, I think he's the guy there right now. It kind of was leaning towards that way in the spring, but he's still a closer in Colorado. His area was still five to one with a one, six whip last year in 65 innings. Um, pretty good K rate, but walks too many guys. Uh, what is you with Bard this weekend? Uh, I kind of like him. I like the story too. I was in on the bidding, but it's just always a little bit scary to you know have your guy with half his games, of course. Yeah, this is one of those Fred Zinke put a your second place bid bid uh, sort of thing. But you know, desperation for saves comes in many places, yeah. and the answers for that uh, come in many places. You now, Bud Black said during spring training that he want. I think he said they prefer to get a guy in the ninth inning that can strike guys out. Yep, and Bart's definitely better than that than Colome um, and Estevez both, but I don't know. Um, so so far they chose Colum B, uh, and they, they went with the right. Yeah, that's the Chris, I, I, Chris I joke that, that I'm stealing. But the thing with Bart though is like even if he's bad with the job, there's so many teams that don't have someone with the job that right? they just there aren't that many guys who just like you know in the ninth inning they're coming in, and he's not that yet, but. Um, I think it's kind of leaning that way. And obviously you could struggle and they could switch that, but there's so many sure. teams where, I mean, you look at the giants and the reds and the Mariners. There's so many, the, the rays a little bit too, although Kittrich had a win and a save this weekand, but there's so many teams like we don't even know who's pitching the ninth that, and it, and a team we know is pitching the ninth that just adds a little bit of value in a season where we don't have 30 closers this year. Yeah. Witness the reds, Tony yeah. Santiano on opening night gets the save, but they said high leverage situation. So he pitches yeah. the seventh today and art Warren gets the save. Yep. Yay. I mean, the Mariners, the second rider got one. Dio Castillo got the other. Paul Seawald kind of threw as the high leverage guy also. There's just, mm -hmm. there's so many teams where we don't know what's going to happen day to day. And you kind of have to throw guys in there and hope they get a save in the week you throw them. It's really hard to time it. You kind of yeah. have to just either use them all the time or not use them at all. It's really tough to try and time them. But there are a lot of teams like that. I agree. I agree. Uh, Brad Miller, an old friend, uh, leading off uh, against righties for the Rangers. He actually had 20 home runs last year. Uh, mm -hmm. Started out well this weekend, had a home run. I think he had four RBIs today, and the the Rangers finally uh, finally got one against the uh, the Jays after the Jays kind of punished them those first two games. Although the Rangers often scored pretty well, um, they got uh, they got Hunjin Rio pretty good today. But Brad Miller didn't even start today and got four RBIs. Kind of wild. Hit a second home run. That is wild. Um, yeah, uh, but you look at it a little closer. Last year, 48% hard hit rate. 12.37% barrel rate. Um, I think you do a lot worse than Brad Miller in a 15 teamer and kind of, you have to in an FBC type format where you get those half week moves. I think you can kind of find good spots to use him, especially if he stays leading off. Yeah. I, I think he's got a short shelf life, but that's fine. I'm sure it's part yeah. of the churn. Yep. And you're getting someone that hits the ball hard hitting in front of, you know, if he hits in front of Simeon, Seager, Garver, Adolis, like that's a pretty good top half of the lineup. Um, you know, and righties are obviously the bigger part of that platoon. I think you can find a lot of spots where he's going to get two or three starts or three or four starts. And I think that's usable in an NFBC type format. Yep. Adolis, by the way, home run and a stolen base so far. Got to like that. Yeah. Um, and he was getting discounted a little bit there because he was really worse in the second half. I don't, I don't claim that he's a great player, but I think he got priced down a little bit too much. Yeah, I think he's one for eleven, but he, he when he gets on, he does do some. Is he one for eleven? Okay, I think so. This is me like taking away that padding on the back. No, for, hey, uh, home run, yeah. home run, a stolen base though. Like that's what he does. I think that if you can, he's probably going to hit. Selective uh, viewing there though. Like, oh, he's, he has these shiny things. Forget about the ten outs, but yeah, all he's right. Gonna, if he hits two thirty, like if he brings the power speed, it's really going to work. If he hits one eighty, that's a problem. But one for eleven, and Cody Bellinger's like, dude, that's not even that great, but. 
Cody Bellinger's a chorus too. We'll talk about him a little uh, bit later, but it's yeah. rough. There was not a lot of offense. Um, I, we kind of we hit on Brad Miller. We hit on the rookies. We hit on uh, you know Low Stott and Abrams. There was not a lot of offense to look for this weekend. I, I really struggled trying to find. Him. I looked at Jerks and Profar a little bit, just kind of playing a decent amount of time. Had a grand slam today. Uh, but were there any other bats you were looking at? Because I really struggled trying to find anybody I was really excited to bid on, um, especially in the 15s. And, you know, we've just, we just drafted these teams too. Like, I'm not really fired up to drop anybody quite yet unless they right. were. Yeah, my drops were, you know, a couple injured guys or some of these, you know, speculation closers that, you know, someone like Rowan Wick is clearly not having the job right now. Someone like uh, Denelson Lamette, once they traded for Taylor Rogers, you know, it's kind of an easy drop for me too. Although I do like Lamette as a pitcher. I just think yeah. Rogers is clearly the guy right now. Um, and so those are the kind of drops I have, but like after three days of season, I'm very not willing to drop guys that I, I obviously took for a reason, you know, literally a week ago. Yeah. I, I was very tepid in my bidding this week. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned on the video that people start probably will see tomorrow morning on sneaky ads. Uh, Helio Ramos, uh, the giants got the promotion. He is a yeah. prospect of some ilk did yeah. not have a good year last year. Surprisingly, Got the call this year after uh, and, and made uh, made his debut today. Went two for three at the run score. Obviously wasn't available in the main, uh, but something to keep an eye on there a little bit. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he he had a quote. He said he wanted to steal twenty bases. I don't know how much he's going to play, or if he's going to stay up, or how it's going to work. But he's definitely someone that he had fifteen steals last year in one hundred and sixteen games. If he. Yeah. Um, if he plays a bunch, he's certainly interesting. I just don't know. You never know the Giants. I mean, the Giants pretty much are going to start, you know, Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford every day and kind of move, mix and match almost everybody else in their lineup. Platoon like crazy. It, yeah. works. it works. It's smart. And in fact, to that point, if you look at their roster, Ramos isn't tops on the depth chart in any position, although Lamont Wade is on the IL right now. So that that's right. the, the position that he is on the top on. But otherwise, I mean, he is not listed as their top player in any position. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Is an NFBC format, so you get to kind of watch this week because he wasn't available. The player pool lost sure. in, in Sunday morning, which I actually kind of like. But if you're in a, if you're in your home league or any other league, like it's, uh, I think he's, uh, I'd grab him right now. The Giants have a bunch of guys who are sort of banged up. You know, Longoria's out. You mentioned Lamont Wade, so they 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 got some banged up guys. I think he might get a run of playing time. I, I assume they called him up um, to at least play a decent amount. Yeah, I mean, while yeah, especially because you're starting the service time and all that. I mean, and he's a prospect. He's like top. I think James has him as at 112, I think, in his prospect list. Yeah, I looked on Fangraphs this morning just really quick when he got called up, and he was he was 99 on their list, so kind yeah. of in the, in the same range. Uh, the Giants do get uh, two righties and a lefty to start the week, and then they get um, uh, three. They get five or six righties this week, so I don't. It'll be interesting to see how much he plays with the kind of the wrong side of the platoon there. Yeah. What about what about pitching in Fab this week? Uh, there was not a lot of hitting. It seems like the, the the tough part about pitching is all the all the one, two, and threes for most teams already through. So any like two step right. guys with fours and fives. There's a couple we mentioned. Tyler Malley throws it twice this week. There's a couple of guys like teams pitched. They started the Reds played Thursday, so it kind of worked out that way. Um, there's a couple of the guys, but there's a lot of sketchy guys with two steps this week. We've got guys that uh, guys that are were available: Nick Martinez, Dakota Hudson, Carlos Hernandez. Um, hey, don't don't besmirch Carlos Hernandez. No, I was going to ask you if you if you like any of these guys. Who who do you who who are you looking to pick up? Uh, you know, for maybe trying to get some strikeouts and wins this week. Because I tell you what, wins are going to be really hard here for a while. Yeah, I I, I tried to structure my teams to to minimize streaming, but yeah, Carlos Hernandez gets the Guardians and the Tigers. I you could do worse. Yeah, two I home starts at that. Do worse too. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you have a wraparound series on the first weekend of the season with uh, them playing a Monday game. That is a weird setup. I guess but, it wasn't supposed to be the first weekend of the season, but still, that's true. a that's a weird wraparound for not a holiday tomorrow or anything like that. Right, and there, I think there's another one too, if I recall correctly. Uh, and it's just it's, it struck me as weird. No, you're right. There was another. I think Pittsburgh and St. Louis. I think it's Pittsburgh and St. Louis. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, do you like Dakota Hudson at all? If you're looking at matchups, he's home against Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. If you wanted to squint a little bit and just play a matchup play, I don't like Dakota Hudson as a pitcher, but those matchups are pretty darn good. You like him as a person, though, and that's important. I do like him as a person. He and I are, are close friends, and I have no issue with him there. I just, you know, under 20% strikeout rate is really hard. Um, especially when you're streaming and you, what you want is at least you want to make sure you get those strikeouts. In case he gives up a couple runs, you want to make sure you're gonna get those, I don't know, 12 strikeouts for his two starts, and then you know, you might get you might get seven, and then suddenly those ratio the ratio is really risky. Yeah. Dakota Hudson, you're fine with Minnesota Hudson, not so much. So yeah. 
I don't know who Minnesota Hudson is. I don't either. I just to co- oh, you went state. I thought you were. I thought you were referencing someone famous there. I missed Tim that Hudson. One. I could have gone with. Um, but well, yeah. Tim Hudson would have been. I would have gotten fully. Yeah. Minnesota Hudson went way over my head. It's Dakota it's, Fanning. I don't know. I would have gotten that one too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anybody else pitcher wise you liked? I mean, I'm looking at. Uh, we talked about Daniel Barr. With any of the closers you looked at? I, I looked at. I picked up Matt Bush in a couple leagues. I just think that. Uh, I don't know. I think if I'm looking at that Texas bullpen, I think he gets the next uh, next op just because I don't really like anybody else. And the way the way they used him the other day kind of looked uh, promising to me, but. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota guys, uh, you know, they traded Taylor Rogers, obviously, since the last time we spoke. Uh, you know, Tyler Duffy, um, Yoan Duran is obviously the big name, and he looked awesome. Uh, Mark Cerebro, who's an NFBC Hall of Famer, picked him up on every team, thinking he's going to close uh, here in a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. the Twins are going to win. He tweeted about it tonight. Um, I watched his uh, his stuff. He's nasty. I think they, they seem like they want to use him as more of a, a multi-inning guy and maybe as a starter at some point. But if they were to right. ever like, like, you know what, let's just let's just lock in this eighth and ninth or lock in the ninth with him. Like he has a huge upside to be really good. I wanted Duran. Got up it and form in Tout Wars 14 to 13. Ale only oh. league. Oh, Gross. ale only would have been really nice for him. Gross. I got out bid on Jake Berger 63 to 57. I got out bid on Pagan 33 to 13. I was just Passive across the board. And Chris Paddock, 288 to 13, and that's okay. Paddock was my last choice, and he went for the most amount of money. So uh, I'm I'm not a Chris Paddock person. No, it's an A-only league, though. Yeah, he's really got a shot, and he's uh, they're going six-man rotation, and he's uh he's one of the six in the moment. I just I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not in on that still. I just I think there's too many, too many issues there. Yeah, me too. Do you have any sort of thought on Minnesota? They, the first save was Tyler Duffy. Um, they've got four or five guys that you mentioned: Pagan, Alcala, Duran. I think there, it's going to be four or five guys. Yeah. I so think you that's think a, you just kind of stick with that and go. I mean, it, it's Rocco Baldelli kind of did it that way last year. He's off the raised tree. Uh, I don't see why he would change it. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's another team we didn't even mention them. We were talking about all the teams that uh, you know have all the all the issues of closer. There's just another one there. It's just. It's tough. It's it's hard to find guys that are going to uh, gonna get saves, and you can you can kind of time them out. We talked about. Is there anybody else you were looking at closer wise that you thought maybe do? I mean, we talked about Matt Bush, who I kind of like, but Greg Holland's there too. Did you put in for Santian? Uh, I didn't. I think I had a backup bid on him, but then after um, you know Art Warren at the second save, um, I think Santian will be pretty good. I just don't know. I think again, that guy's gonna be hard to time. I think they're gonna use him. Yeah, I, I think it's Bell's gonna be just the same as he was last year, and it's gonna be frustrating because it might and be Luke, right. And Lucas Sims will be back in a couple weeks too, right? Which is gonna yeah. muddle it even more. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went for he went for I think at a small bit of him, he went for 77 in my main event. So I was not close to that. Okay. Um, yeah, there's just there's so many teams. I'm looking at the other teams. I'm tech, we talk, is it Baltimore? I stayed fully away. Did you do anything in there with Jorge Lopez or Dylan Tate or Paul Fry or anybody like that? Nope. No, nope. Um, I, I just don't think it's worth it. My last name in Fab, a guy that was not available in 15s, but 60% rostered in 12 teamers. Um, I really like Danny Jansen in Toronto. Uh, yeah. if you need a catcher, two home runs already this weekend. He was so horrible early last year that he got lost a little bit. How good he was late. It's only, it was only seven plate appearances. Be it. 323 with seven home runs. We forget this is a guy that was like everybody's fired up about a year or two ago. It's like he was going right. like that. He's going to the 15th round, then he was up to the 12th round, he was up to the 10th round in main events. Everybody was fired up, and then he was so bad. Um, I think he found it late last year. He's got two home runs already this weekend. But like hitting in that lineup, you're just going to fall into some stats. They're so That lineup is so long that if he gets on base, some of the top's going to hit him in. He's going to have guys on base all the time. Um, I think you do a lot worse than Danny Jansen as your second catcher, even in 12-teamers. I think he should be rostered uh, fully there. Agreed. Um, yeah. It uh, just – it's everybody's excited about Kirk. Everybody's excited yeah. about Gabriel Moreno. Yeah. Um, and I like, Jansen. I like Kirk too, but I think he's going to DH a bunch. And I think Jansen, I mean, they like Jansen's defense. So I think he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about a few uh, news and notes before we get, to, there's a couple of players I want to talk about at the end here who I think are, have actually been impacted already by the season. I know it's weird to talk about after three days, but I think there's some actual real stuff there, but first I know from our sponsors at better edge, bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee in each transaction. Better edge is a social betting marketplace and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring back betting to its social roots where you can like comment and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to sign up today. 
real quick, you have a couple of news and notes. I do want to talk about some players here, so I'm going to speed through this. But uh, Lucas Gelito obviously was the big uh, injury news of the yeah. weekend. Uh, he left his. He looked really good too. He left his start for four innings. Everybody's like, "Oh, I can't believe they went so." I think it was 61 pitches. I can't believe they took him out so quick. And turns out that uh, he, had a, he has a lower abdominal strain. The only quote I've seen so far is he definitely will require an IL stint. Uh, it doesn't seem like they think it's going to be long term, but I think we're looking at, at at best a couple of starts missed here. Yeah, I thought I, I saw something saying that they they're hopeful that he'd only miss two starts. Yeah, which I mean, means, this is borderline yeah. oblique stuff again. They just like it's they call it you know without calling it an oblique. You know, right. I'm 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 nervous about this for sure. Yeah, it's too bad because he looked really good. Um, people obviously he was he got drafted really early, so it was. Uh, it's just you hate to see that for a guy that's drafted so early. It's it's rough. It's tough. I and especially with a pitcher um, and a guy who's their ace and a team that wants to compete, you got to figure they're going to be really really safe and make sure he's one hundred percent ready to go before he comes back. Yep, agreed. Uh, Blake Snell, another guy that uh, was really good at the end of last year, he is likely headed to the aisle. Also, he has an adductor strain. I think it's the the groin. Uh, problematic here is the same injury he had late last year that bugged him. You hate to see the fact that that's recurring and maybe it never fully healed, but uh, yeah. that's not good. And he had a little bit of troubles late in spring and people were wondering what was going on there. And clearly he hasn't made a start yet this year. He goes on the, he goes on the IL. Um, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to see him again. Yeah. And it's disturbing that like it kind of happened like before the start even happened, like as he was warming right. up too. Um, Nabil Krizmat got the, the spot start there, but he's not really a starter. Um, I know it's yeah, a lot of speculation. McKenzie, McKenzie Gore time. Yeah, he looked yeah. really good in his first start, right? In the minors. Yeah. Now the question to me is like, did anybody drop him? Because he was drafted, I think, in every main, right? Uh, he was not drafted in my second main, so he was not really? available. I went and looked, and I went and looked. He was drafted in. He's drafted and held in uh, three of my five leagues, and he was not drafted in the two. So he's available once he gets called up. That'll be a. Uh, That'll be a huge bid. Uh, Dalton Delnashi draft picked him up last week for uh, two hundred twenty-five bucks, which uh, looks pretty darn good right now. Yeah, pretty weird that we had the Fab bidding like four days before opening day. Right. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird season. But yeah, of course, there's, there's a lot of that there, and you know, obviously the schedule has just been cha- different this year. Right. Some of those people, some of those people drafted in February, so you know you want to be able to have full lineups and injuries happen and all that but, for sure. Um, yeah, if, if Gore gets called up and put in the rotation, that's going to be some massive bidding next week, too, especially if he pitches well in his yeah. first start. Uh, Matt Barnes, uh, the Red Sox closer, missed the entire Yankee series. Um, he sounds like he's better. They kind of pitched Saturday. thought he was going to be okay today, but did not pitch again tonight. Uh, Jake Diekman came in, actually struck out the side of the Yankees. Uh, it was Gallo, Stanton, and Judge, which was <laughs> kind of wild. I did not expect to see that because uh, you, know, you usually expect Diekman to at least walk one guy in there. But right. um Barnes isn't back tightness, never something you want to see. But uh, are you interested in any of these other Red Sox if Barnes were to miss some time? Uh, Hansel Robles, Jake Diekman, anybody else there that you would like run to add if, if Barnes went the IL for a week? Mm, I think I'd go with them first. But I still want to see what happens with Garrett Whitlock. Yeah, I, I, I still think he could be a, a stud closer if they chose to go that route. I understand and I actually appreciate how they want to get more than one inning at a time out of him. Right. But – it yeah. sounds like he's for our gonna, purposes. It'd be it'd be nice if he was a closer candidate, and especially if they someone were to go out long term. I think maybe you'd have to switch to that. It sounds like he's going to piggyback on Rich Hill starts for a while, which puts him in a yeah. spot where you know it might be really good. Or although if the game's five nothing by the time he comes in, not so great. But it sounds like that's that's their plan at the moment with Woodlock. But he could have a Ryan Yarborough type of season where he gets a lot of wins just because he's yeah. uh, coming in in the fourth and fifth inning. Yeah, you come in, you come in up four nothing in, in, in the third inning or the fourth inning. That's a, it's a really nice way to get some easy wins. Which exactly uh, yeah. Yarborough is a great comp because he did a lot a bunch of times a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, Ian Happ, who started off pretty well in his first couple of games, I was hitting the knee Saturday. It looked painful, but he he walked off. Uh, he sat today. X's are negative. I think he's going to be fine. But that's one that uh, you definitely want to check the lineups. Although they don't play on Monday, so it's a little bit tough because there's so many teams that do play. Um, but he's uh, he's two at Pittsburgh and one at Colorado, so I think you probably want to toss him in with the thought that I think he's gonna he's gonna play this week. Uh, AJ Pollock, we made it a whole game and a half with AJ Pollock being healthy. He was mm-hmm. leading off for Tim Anderson. It looked nice. Um, left early on Saturday with a hammy. I think I read that he's supposed to go on paternity leave soon, and then maybe the IL. But he says he's right. not concerned about it. It seems like this is very much up in the air. But I certainly wouldn't count on him for this week because he's AJ Pollock. Right. Uh, I was ticked off because I got outbid on him in uh, Ale Tout. Uh, we had a Thursday or we had a Wednesday night run. Well, that's right, because he got he got traded in the Kimbrel trade. That's right. Yeah, and 
so and that was our, we we hadn't had any other fab run and we did our draft on march 19th so yeah he was the top guy and i raised my bid twice got it up to 631 out of a thousand and was third place so i feel so good that he says he's not worried about those so that means it's fine right and no, yeah player optimism on injuries is always very uh it's it's controlling he said it's really short term. We're gonna deal. We'll deal with the team and see what makes sense. But yeah, I'm not worried long term. It's gonna be a short term deal here. Great. Short term in life or short term in you know baseball. You know. It's yeah. I I pretty much set my when I did my fab. I looked at my team. I pretty much counted him as not playing this week and kind of went from there. I think I'm that's a, a smart I'm a, play. I'm afraid that's how it's gonna work out. Yeah. Um. That's kind of the end. We had a pretty good weekend for injuries. I want to knock on wood somewhere, but uh, aside from Giolito, that was kind of the major one. Yeah. There you go um we've avoided uh bad ones all means is coming this week right man just i like the anti-jinx jinx so they're good yeah. good job i think i reversed the reversed and back into myself so i don't know what i did there but um there are some players i want to talk to you about guys that uh, i know it's been three days but play players that actually have had their value change over these last three days and i know that sounds weird but i'll give some examples here uh the first guy is uh someone you and i talked about a bunch in the preseason is tyler mcgill uh, pitch really well on Thursday. His velo is way up. He looked good. Um, our friend Matt Modica calls him the baby goat because he uh, reminds him of DeGrom, which is a very good thing. Matt's obviously a Mets fan. That uh, that nickname has uh, has caught on, but I want to make sure that Matt gets the credit for that because everybody's calling him that now. Matt's the one that started that about two months ago. Uh, people started calling him that in Vegas, but uh, he looked awesome. I watched that start against the Nationals. Um, five innings, three hits, six strikeouts, but mm-hmm. like looked the part of that. Like you watch some starts and like Syndergaard today, like good line, but then you look at one strikeout and wasn't getting a lot of swings in mid. Like I, I, he kind of looked okay, but like McGill looked like an ace in that game. I know you want to don't jump too far, but like. How he moved up as much as it was in draft prices, but uh, how much do you like Tyler McGill right now? Because I, I really like quite a him. bit, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, went from uh, you know it's one start, but average fastball last year was ninety four point seven. It was ninety six point two on opening day. That'll work. Uh, swing strike percentage went up from twelve point five to thirteen point two. No homers, obviously. That that's always been a bugaboo about him, but yeah. uh, you know so far so good. No walks, also so good. So, yeah, pretty darn good start. I think the Nats are a streamable opponent. And they can't hurt you a little bit, but uh yeah, after that after that top 4 or 5, maybe if you want to count keep it raise, it it drops off pretty quick there and uh someone mm-hmm. made the joke on Twitter that they thought the they thought the Nationals uh, were using a uh, pitcher hitting cuz Robles was hitting ninth. Ooh. Not cool. Not, not cool, dude. And it wasn't me that made the joke either, which is the most surprising thing about. It. Yeah. I I wish I could have taken credit Stealing for Stealing your but, material. Definitely steering my material. Um, that's yeah, McGill's the guy that like if I saw this weekend that uh, among the, the non aces, he was the one that impressed me the most. I I think that uh, like if we were drafting today, I think he'd be like a ninth or tenth round pick. Obviously, we're not, but I think he I think he's moved up that much. Yeah, he might have. There's a number of offensive players that I think have changed their value, and the first one is uh, one that's tough for me because I was really high on him as we were coming in the season, and I drafted him in the main event. Um, Joe Adele had a troublesome weekend in, in Anaheim. He, um, he, uh, struggled the first game. He made, he was struggling in the outfield. Then he sat one game and he played again today, made another play, bad play in the outfield. Then he, he robbed a three run Homer. So he kind of redeemed himself, but, um, his first, I think his first eight at bats, he had six strikeouts. He had a bunch of swings and misses. Um, he kind of looked like that guy we were worried about when he came up and struck out a lot. Um, you know, we were hoping we thought the strikeouts were going to be there. We thought uh, maybe he had dropped that down a little bit, but uh, it's it's rough. His uh, his strikeout rate entering today, Jeff, was 100. percent He did drop that to 77.8. percent So uh, a good a good step forward for for Joe, dropping the K rate to only 80. percent um, Thought he had kind of fixed that a little bit last year, but not, uh, nine plate appearances, seven strikeouts, and like three butchered plays in the outfield. Do you see his throw from the outfield, by the way? No, not yet. He had a throw from left field on, I think it was Friday night, that uh, guy coming home that I, not exaggerating, was equidistant between home plate and first base. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm actually, for once in my life, not exaggerating, it's that bad a throw. Yikes. It looks like he was, like, throwing it to somebody in the dugout. It's that bad. Yikes. I get it. It's just a release point thing. Like, you can't one throw. Who cares? But um, it was a rough weekend that he sat. He sat. I think he sat. Uh, he, sat he just sat once, it looks like. But I don't know. Like, if uh, – it wasn't a great weekend. It's one weekend. He's a, he's a stud prospect, but the fact that 
Um, the biggest thing I can sort of have, he actually sat twice. He pinched it today. So he actually did sit two or three games, which is really concerning to me. And there yeah. was a quote Joe Madden had over the weekend. He said, uh, well, once Taylor Ward comes back, he's our everyday, he's an everyday outfielder, which is oh. strange. Cause then, then we're talking I have about Brandon Marsh in a league or two. And yeah. I, I didn't Marsh, like that he sat today. Yeah, We're talking about Marsh and Adele platooning. If somehow Taylor Ward of all people is going to play every day, because obviously Mike Trout's going to play every day. Otani's going to DH every day. Like suddenly if we look at, at, at Adele and Marsh, platooning a that seems nonsensical from their you know team like building up your prospects and guys playing getting better approach but fantasy wise that's a disaster for marsh and adele yeah and they can't fudge first base either that's taken care of yep there's there's no place to go if taylor ward's gonna play every day there's no place else to go for these two guys put them back behind the plate make him a catcher again i like it um yeah so i i'm actually a little bit worried i think that it's a i mean he hit he hit fifth on opening night had a rough game and they're like oh well he's it's not a punishment he's just not gonna play and then he started today he did only set once i, I changed my mind on that sorry about that uh he pinch hit yesterday but um yeah nine at bats uh and seven strikeouts i'm a little bit worried sure naturally similar vein in in detroit uh with the austin meadows trade you know we talked a lot about josh Lowe and how that impacted tampa bay but um, Akil Badu is uh, someone that I really liked as a, as a possible, you know, speed power guy at 13 home runs, 18 stolen base last year, uh, moved way down the lineup. I think he had seventh on opening day. Then he hit ninth on the second day and sat today. Um, suddenly you're looking at him, you know, not playing against lefties, uh, moving down the lineup. I think his values, uh, you know, is actually changed based on that trade. I'd agree. Uh, I didn't think he I don't have him anywhere. I have 0.0 Akil Badu. Um, I liked him in that ADP range as someone that could get me a bunch of stolen bases, and I usually need it in that spot, and I think he would hurt me. But uh, I'm uh, I'm legit worried. I'm worried about Adele, and I'm worried about Adu, Badu, especially because he, he was a higher-priced guy. You know, Adele mm-hmm. was a 15th rounder when I took him. He moved up a little bit, but uh, I took Badu in the ninth round of my second main, and um, I really liked the speed power stuff. And without, I thought he could hit 245, and – uh, if he's going to hit seventh, eighth, or ninth, uh, it changes his value a ton. It absolutely does. Um, in that same vein, uh, Jazz Chisholm, kind of in the same spot. He uh, he hit uh, ninth, and then he sat, and then he tweeted about how upset about it was that he sat. He was back in the lineup today, but uh, you know the, the thing with Chisholm is we I think we all knew that with that many strikeouts, the batting average is always going to be a concern. But the home run and speed was going to be there. But the key was that the runs were going to be there if he's hitting at the top of the lineup, right? Um, he hits ninth, like what it was kind of with Badu, same kind of thing. And Chisholm was even drafted higher than that. Um, this seems like a weird move from the, from the Marlins. Like, this is a guy that is part of their future. And it seems like uh, they're not uh, not really making him feel that way. And it seems like he's upset about it. This seems like a really good situation there in Florida. This seems like a Mattingly thing, but I don't know. Here's the thing about Jazz is he homered on Friday. You know, went one for three with a walk, I think, in there too. So, you know, that, that that's good. We like that. And then he sits on day two. He yep. was hurt some in spring training, but we knew he was going to bat towards the bottom of the order. That we saw yep. in spring training. So I'm not surprised by that. But the sitting. That was a that was a so good Mike, Mike Curlin score with his uh, spring training stuff. I really pointed that out. That it was, Jazz was like moving steadily down throughout the spring. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what do you do? I mean, obviously you, you drafted him in the seventh, I mean, not you, but someone drafted him in the seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth round. Like, do you just, you just kind of keep throwing him out there for a while, right? Write it out. Write it out. Unless there's like some definitive statement saying, Hey, we're going to bench him more. Then. Like, you really need Garrett Cooper to hit second rather than just sticking Chisholm up there and see what happens for a little bit. Like I just, no. I don't know. I don't get it, but he had eighth today. So he was, he was one for three today. He had a really nice diving play to, 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 mm-hmm. um, to try to save their pitching, pitching at one point. I really miss a uh, play to his left that he's he Austin Slater line drive, but I don't know. I'm worried there too. And I'm worried in, in, in LA, you mentioned, you made a joke earlier about Cody Bellinger. Um, they were in, they were in cores this week. Uh, I think, you know, one series with, with Bellinger, who cares, but a, um, he's hitting pretty far down the lineup. He's hit, I uh, hit seventh today. I think he hit seventh in his other games also, uh, B, the spring was awful. He did have two hits today, so he's now at 182. Obviously, one series, who cares? But um, this is someone that was falling down drafts and then certainly did not did nothing this weekend in cores to, to change any of his thoughts on that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, here's how, I mean, uh, how his value has changed. In one, I have a home league, daily moves. Someone cut Bellinger. Oh. I picked wow. him up, but um, – Still, I'm, I might bench him until and see if he, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure I grabbed him as quickly as I could because it's first come, first serve in that league. 
is he someone that you do think about benching for a little bit here and kind of see if he can get it going a little bit? Maybe, especially, you know, they're, they're, they don't have course field anymore. Uh, I don't know. I'm Oh, at the end of the day, I'm probably going to start him. I mean, I think in that league where I picked him up, I might consider it, it a little bit more, but most leagues I play in a reasonable enough depth that I can't afford to bench him if I have him. Yeah. I have him in the, I have him in one NFPC online league, so the 12 teamer, but I'm mean, like, I have, I have seven good outfielders in the league like that. You've got a lot of guys. Yeah. I think I'm going to play him this week. They get, uh, they get Minnesota. He gets Archer and Paddock. I'm definitely going to use that. And then they face Cincinnati. Uh, no disrespect to our reds, but uh, I probably use him there also. And then I think I'm going to decide after this week, see how this week looks. I want to watch him a little bit too. Cause he, he, he looked lost those first couple games he looked a little bit better today, but um, you want to see if he's actually making some hard contacts. I'm not really worried about the average. I'm worried about how he looks, his approach. If he's making, hitting the ball hard a little bit. Um, so I'm using them all this week and then maybe, uh, maybe I'll think about it the weekend if I want to uh, maybe slide him out in a 12 teamer. Makes sense. I think it's, I think it's a buy low for him though. Uh, I, I think so. If you're in a trade league, I'd see what you, I mean, see what it takes. Um, I, I think it's actually, a, I think it's a real buy low too. I think you might actually find somebody who's willing to kind of, especially if you drafted early and someone's excited about him and the, yeah. the news in the spring was so bad. I mean, he was so bad in the spring. I think he actually might be a, we talk a lot about buy lows and most of them like, ah, you can't really buy that guy low, but I think you actually might be able to buy Bellinger. Low. There's a lot of people that are really, really down on him. You see, yeah, you can't on- wait till he goes and hits yeah. a couple of bombs either. I mean, yeah. you, you gotta do it get, now. Buy it, buy it at the bottom. There were a couple of threads on Twitter this weekend though. Like someone mentioned Bellinger and everybody's like, oh, he's gonna be out of the, he's gonna be out of the league in a couple of years. He's, he's huh. Chris Davis with a C or a K, I guess. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that are really down on Bellinger right now. And that's I mean, I mean, for good reason. He was, he was really bad last year too. And bad so far this year and tweaking his swing again. He says he's comfortable to swing finally, but uh, I don't know. I think you're right. I think you have to do it before he hits home run a couple home runs. Cause I think they're coming too. Yeah, I think so too. Last guy I want to talk to you about uh, Andrew Vaughn in Chicago is interesting now, especially with the AJ Pollock uh, missing time. If that, you know, extends more than longer than AJ Pollock thinks it does, at least if he goes on the IL um, already two home runs and six RBIs, I think it's a spot where, you know, if Pollock's out, Tony Lewis has got no, no way, but to play this guy, um, you know, he was 15 home runs last year, but you look a little bit deeper, 46% hard hit rate, a bill rate over 10%, uh, you know, for that power, you got a K rate under 22%. He was 21 and a half last year. Obviously, a very highly regarded um, draft pick out of Cal. He was a he was a top what was a top ten pick. I think he was a top ten pick. He was oh, third yeah. overall. Yeah, third overall. Um, I think Andrew Vaughn is interesting right now, and he might get when he's run a playing time right now. Maybe he just forces loose a hand, and if he can get hot, he maybe should stick in the lineup for a while. I, I really like him. He's available. I'd obviously pick him up right away. I don't think he's available in many leagues, but he's another guy that I would love to. Uh, probably hard to trade for him after he hit two home runs over the weekend. But I think the the stock is way up on Vaughn moving forward here. Just the second year and talk about aberrant development too. I mean, didn't play in 2020, you know, hit the, you know, hit, hit the minors after getting drafted, hit three levels in the minors in 2019, you know, then, then was asked to play out of position last year. You know, all these things can inhibit development. Yeah. So this is a good post hype guy. Yeah, that's I, I agree there. It's uh, it's very true. I appreciate all the comedy and all the comments in here. It's uh, it's good stuff. We got someone that's buying Bellinger all day. Someone thinks the Jazz is overrated. Um, your friend, our friend Anthony Gialdi weighed in. Um, the pun meister strikes again. So someone actually likes your puns, Jeff. Yeah, audience of one. That's all I always say. Does your one person like, gets it. Family like your puns or no? My daughters like my dad jokes and puns. Sure. Do they really? Why? I mean, they groan sometimes. Why? Because they're witty and funny. Don't get me started on egg usually, jokes. Usually, great. teenage girls don't aren't fans of those, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm my younger daughter is going to appreciate them more than my older daughter. But yeah, she's okay. finally over them. But uh, how is it having two teenage daughters? I'm, I have a six year old daughter. And I'm, I have a six year old daughter. I'm scared to death, honestly, of those years. It's great. They're awesome. They do cool things. We won a tur- soccer tournament this weekend. That was fun. That's uh, awesome. How many yeah. games is one playing a soccer tournament over a weekend? She played four games this weekend. Oh, wow. so two each day? That's a lot of games. Two each day. They're, they're, they're good and tired. They earn their sleep. Let's put it that way. Is that like full 90-minute games? Like how, uh, what kind of level no. are about? So it was uh, on set, on the pool play games, there were 32-minute halves. Uh, we jumped that up to in the championship game to 40-minute halves. So close, 80-minute game for the final, but on turf. Just- is it like real soccer where they, everybody plays the whole game and then only have a few substitutions? Or is it like AYSO where they can sub in and out easily? Well, it is AYSO. Oh, it is. Okay. It, um, you know, but at the same time, there. I mean, we're 
you know, you can sub in and out. I mean, you don't, once you come out, you're not out for good, but high school is like that too. I mean, yeah. you guys can do that. So I was just saying high school, I played in high school and we could sub guys in and out, but maybe you're still playing a lot of minutes though. I assume. Oh yeah. Some, some, a couple of the girls played the whole game. We had, we had 14 girls this weekend. So we had, we had three subs at all times. Question in the chat from someone with just by the name of M. Very mysterious. If you had to add someone on waivers this week right now, would you take Anthony Santander or Heimer Candelario? Jeff, what say you? Candelario, um, better lineup and perhaps better ballpark. We don't know that part yet, uh, but we do sure, know we that. Our, we got our first taste of the new Camden this week. Did you see the uh, pictures of the – I that. did. It looked worse before they put the pad. Like, it looked really bad in the first pitch I saw. It didn't look quite as bad when I saw it yesterday. But it's still... It's it still they just took a chunk out and said, yeah, yeah we'll do that. And you make uh, the wall bigger. Like, there's a lot of those, like, pulled home runs in the first four rows they're going to lose. But I... Uh, yeah. It didn't look quite as bad as I thought it was going to look. But uh, it'll be interesting. That, uh, that, like, weird jutting out left center. I, 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 someone's going someone, to get hurt. I was going to say, someone's going to run into that at some point. Yeah. Um, I think I go Santander. If it makes anyone feel better about that, uh, Phil Dussault, who like won every league imaginable last year, was big on Santander. So if that uh, if that weighs into your uh, decision making at all, if you want someone that uh, is really good that's on Santander, he was on. He, he I can only say because he tweeted out all his draft boards and everything right now. The season started, but he had Santander on a lot of his draft boards. So if you uh, you want to take it from somebody else besides us, that's a pretty good source to take it from too. Oh yeah, James Anderson was all over Candelario. So there. Well, there you go. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, a good source, also. So that's uh, yeah, they're that's... they're both pretty good. Um, obviously, Candelaria is a, a corner, and Santander's an outfielder that affects you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. I go Santander a little bit, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue hard against either one. I kind of like both guys actually. For sure, Jeff. Anybody else that you want to talk about? I know we're a little bit late here. It's a little bit late on the West Coast. Also, Anthony Gialdi, thank you very much for the comment. We're the goats of Sunday Night Fab. I really appreciate that. Anthony's a really good guy. We both met him in uh, Vegas. Uh, yep. I have. A, I maybe uh, I may have a shirt that he uh, he kind of gave me that I was really appreciative also. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. He's a really I was I was happy to really finally get to meet him because I was not in Vegas last year. But Jeff, I didn't else? get it. I, didn't, I went all the way to Vegas and I didn't get the lousy T-shirt, but I did Uh-oh. get a beer from him. So there was. That, oh, there you so. go. That's, uh, that's that's still pretty good right there. Yeah, it was. I imagine he'll find a way to uh, get you a shirt at some point. It's his. Uh, right. It's his hot next main place. The Kansas City Moose. It's a very, a very cool shirt. Yeah. Do you have anybody else uh, this first week in a baseball? Anything else you want to talk about that we have not hit quite as of yet? No, uh, I just want to soak in. Just set your lineups early. You're going to be uh, a lot of early games tomorrow, weather permitting. Yeah, let's hope we get some good weather. We had that first day was pretty bad. Oh, yep, shirt coming, Jeff. Yeah. The comment was made. So anyway, yeah. thanks, Anthony, for that. But thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire um, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We do really appreciate it. Had a nice, lot, not a nice, not lot of nice comments over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, as, we, as the season has started. So we really appreciate that. Yep. Um, love doing it. Love talking to Jeff every Sunday night. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you could please rate every the podcast, you do like listening to us. If you leave a bunch of stars, a nice comment does help with people. Uh, helps the podcast a lot. Helps people find the podcast. It's also good. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, He's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensen. We'll certainly be talking uh, baseball on there. If you want to, uh, if you want to mute all my Warriors talk as the playoffs start, I won't blame you there either. But uh, I'll be looking forward to that. So if you want to talk some hoops, I will be up for that also. But other than that, hope everybody has a really good week. Um, hope everybody enjoys the first full week of baseball. Really glad we have it. Should be a a lot of fun. And hope everybody takes care. We'll be back at you next Sunday night. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.